It has been, as usual in the Midwest, a very busy fall with lots of wonderful weddings happening all over. How'd they all go? They've gone well. They have. Some of them have gone extra well. <laughs> They've been well done. Well, well, well done. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a great time. We had um, a whole lot of really organized brides. Um, we've had a lot of different style. We had a, we had a theme wedding. We had um, just some really beautiful florals at one. I mean, just everybody kind of has their own spin on their wedding day, and so I guess that really comes down to, you know, what they've been dreaming about for their big day. Right. A lot of preparation, a lot of planning. Definitely lots of planning. That is one thing that comments that I've been hearing lately is, you know, it's nice to see all of my planning finally come together on this day. So they've been good. Good. So let's talk about those dreams. There's dreams and then there's reality. Yes. So this podcast today might... Uh, might come as a little bit of a shocker. We're going to give you some truth. We're going to lay some truth on you because um, I think every wedding is beautiful. Honestly, I think even the most simple plain weddings, it's just, it's such a sweet thing to be a part of and to see two people just commit to being together. So that um, aside, you know, that part to me is always a dream. That's great. But um, when we say dreams, it's kind of more, these ideas that you have in your head, these pictures, if you will, that you've played out. It's going to go this way and then this is right, going to happen. because it's something they've never done before, for the most part. Right. When you're talking about a bigger wedding. But so it's kind of up to this point for you as a bride, it's been all played out in your imagination. Since you were, what, five? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I know it was for me. Yeah. A lot of little girls are playing mm-hmm. bride and yeah. hopefully, you know... They changed a few things as they <laughs> went along. <laughs> the only thing I had, uh, I had sketches of my bridesmaids' dresses. And had I followed through with my eight-year-old self's designs, it would have been pretty bad. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Boy, I wish you would have saved those. <laughs> my mom probably has them somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about a couple things that I feel people really, they have a, um, a dream about how it's going to go. Um, a perfect idea in their head and then the reality Um, so the first one let's talk about is time the amount of time so um, you know I don't know where our imaginations always necessarily come from I think a lot of it is influenced by uh, movies TV books and so there's a real loss of a sense of how much time it takes to accomplish those things because obviously on a, a TV or a movie set they're able to edit Correct. <laughs> Added it all together into a timely presentation. Um, so, you know, I see a lot of couples send us a schedule of the day. And um, we made a great schedule. Yes. Look, here it is. Yeah. And I'm like, it, you did. You did make a great schedule. I always want to be really positive. Um, but the reality is everything takes longer than we want it to or or longer than we expect it to. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes I'll get a schedule that'll say, oh, we're going to have the ceremony from 3 to 3.30. <laughs> and, you know, that sounds great, except that um, 
we've had everything from officiants be stuck in traffic to grandparents be late to dress emergencies. That three o'clock time often gets pushed back a few minutes. Here's a good example at me and my husband's wedding. Our um, pastor uh, totaled his car out on the way to the wedding and he got there just in the nick of time. I mean, just right at one. Right. And he can't just walk in and with, start. I with mean, he has mud to on be, his shoes right. and the whole bit because it was raining that morning. It was just, yeah. So there were a lot of things that could have happened. I mean, we could have had an officiant that didn't. Didn't even get to make it. Then right. you would have had to replace them. But he did. Right. So. Yeah, so things can happen, and, and so you just want to be prepared for that. And the way you, that we suggest you prepare for that is put in a few cushions in there in your schedule so that um, if – what I try to explain is if you don't need the cushion and you're able to move forward with your schedule, that's great. You haven't, you haven't lost anything by moving ahead. But when you look at your schedule and it says you're supposed to be – um, you know, putting the dress on right now and you're getting still getting makeup on, it's going to stress you out. Right. So don't let that piece of paper with those hard times on it stress you out. Just put in a couple of cushions. When you look at it and you go, oh, um, I was supposed to be doing this at one o'clock and it's already one o'clock and I'm not there yet, but I know I have a cushion from 2.30 to 2.45. So I'm yeah, not going to stress. You know, it really helps you breathe through those little setbacks in the day right? and it's not just for you it is for everybody around you correct you don't want to stress anybody else out especially a bride and we'll get to that later but especially brides that if it doesn't go their way they may have a meltdown yeah and we don't want that we don't Mm. want you to have a meltdown as a bride we don't want a vendor to be freaked out like oh my gosh you know we already didn't have enough time and now here we are running late and so just put in those cushions and just you know I think what happens sometimes is we're just trying to accomplish so much in in an eight to ten hour time frame and so we feel the need to kind of just bump everything up against each other and what I just take one little thing out you know just instead of going to three photo locations go to two right you know it's just it's not worth spending your day feeling like you're behind I don't know how do you feel when you are running late to work I mean that is I hate that feeling it's a panicked feeling why would you want to feel that on your wedding day don't do that to yourself you you won't be getting your your wedding's worth out of it absolutely you'll be miserable so put in some cushions be realistic with your schedule Um, another couple things that we see with schedules um, people forget to put in drive time so they'll say oh after the church um, we're going to this park and we're going to do photos. So we're leaving the church at 4 and our photos are from 4 to 4.30. Well, the park is 10 minutes away and you've got 15 people to get onto a bus. Okay. You just lost your 15 minutes. You, you did. You just lost 15 minutes That's of your right. photo time. So put drive time in. Um, and this is one that has, I feel like sometimes I'm the only one putting this on schedules, bustling the bride's dress. Yes. Know your dress, ladies. Know how long it takes. If it's a zip up, or button up when you're getting dressed at the beginning of the day. You know how long, if it's a corset, those different styles of closures take different amounts of time. So build that in. 
And then your bustle. Some people have really simple bustles. Some people don't have bustles. They have those pick it up with your wrist on a Mm -hmm. wristlet thing. And some people have very intricate, you know, 20 some odd little buttons and little loops to find. So if anybody's helping you, practice. Practice. Yep. A lot of people. A lot of people have never practiced this. Yeah. If you're like super about schedules. You could definitely practice and time it. Right. Um, I think a lot of people go to the dress shop and they watch the dress shop lady do it. And it takes the dress shop lady five minutes. And she's done it a million times. Correct. Your maid of honor's done it, what, never? Maybe <laughs> once. Like, and, and not your dress. Yeah. Right. So definitely allow yourself 10 to 15 minutes to get that dress bustled. Again, um, it's going to help out all of your vendors because the schedule is going to stay on track. And it's going to help you out to not be like rushed or stressed. Um, so yeah, those are, those are the reality. Everything takes time and unfortunately everything takes longer than it, than you anticipate it taking. That's right. Just build a house or rehab a house. You'll know. Oh yeah. (laughs) We haven't already done that. Very much the same. Um, so the next thing that I think, and this one's a little bit tricky to describe, but I, we just labeled it people. Mm Mm-hmm. There's this dream that people are going to go here. They're going to go there when they show up. So when everybody gets here, they'll all walk around the path. And then they'll guess what? They don't see that vision in your head. It's very unexpected sometimes what people will choose to do or which direction they'll choose to go. It's like herding cats. Yes. Yes. Just as soon as you think you've got it all under control, then in comes somebody else doing something different. And here's... What I have learned from observing people, especially at weddings or large events, because you have to remember, I don't know how many on average a person who's not in the wedding industry, weddings they attend, but it's once or twice a year at a maximum, I would think. And, you know, uh, once you get out of that like 20s right, to the age range. 35 range where you don't have friends getting married every right. couple months. Man, you might not go to a wedding every couple of years. So it's an it's an unusual environment. Um, I'm not going to say it's an uncomfortable environment, but it's just they're going to a place they've probably never been or haven't been often. They don't know their way around. Um, So these are the two things that I see people do. The first is they do whatever they're accustomed to doing. For example, if you have your wedding at a church, they are accustomed to going in directly in the regular doors, going to a seat, their seat or some seat that they're comfortable in. So um, whatever just is the norm for them, that is what they're going to do. Um, Or if they don't have a norm or they're in a new place, they're going to look around and they're going to do whatever everybody else is doing. Follow the crowd. Yep. So um, this is just a quick example. Um, A lot of brides really would like for their guests to have cocktail hour in one designated area and then go into the main reception room. And it's a beautiful idea. And when it works, it's nice. But it only I've only seen it work well if the reception main reception venue is actually locked right because once one or two people go in the crowd follows they follow they see it um i've seen a lot of people show up and they're super early um it's just their personality or whatever right they want to know where their seat is they want to put down their coat or their purse or their whatever like this is where i'm sitting i want to see my table i want to get my bearings and um 
it's very difficult to stop most people from doing that. So if this is like a big deal to you, um, you're going to want to consider having that room a little less accessible for them. However, don't be surprised if a few of them still don't wander into there. Um, another thing is people, they want to greet you at the end of the ceremony. Right. They want to hug you. They want that traditional receiving line that they're familiar with. It is going by the wayside, I would say. Is um it? Yeah, we're getting more into the land of the bride and groom will greet you at the reception, and it's typically to save money, so that not save money, time. save time, so that we can uh, save money. I'm save sorry, money. I'd I don't like know to see how, how that works. Don't <laughs> shake their hand; they're going to charge you. Um, <laughs> save time so you can do more photos and everything. Um, and so if that's you, if you're wanting to do, you know, you're not wanting to have this receiving line, you're wanting to greet everybody at the reception to save time, you have to hide. Yeah, you can't be part of that. And to me, I mean, I know that's a traditional thing and I'm kind of a traditional per, per, per person. Per, <laughs> I'm, I'm a um, I just, I think, I think it's really important to do it at the venue, but that's just me. You can do whatever whatever well, way you want but yeah i get that but i mean there there again you go back to the whole you know time thing that's just something you'd have to schedule i guess you again do. i just if you're gonna do in any sort of actual receiving line um you definitely have to schedule that um one of the reasons why i am not a fan of the receiving line is everyone's standing up and they feel the need to hug you um i'm not a super huggy person but also um i had a veil that went down my back and True. every hug was like pulling. pulling. I had like whiplash yeah. by the end of the receiving line. So yeah. um, when you do the thing where you go around to each table, um, they might hug you a little, but most people are sitting and you're standing. So right. they don't feel the need to it's, jump up and hug you. Less know. people. Right. Right. And if you're standing and they're sitting, you're more in control. Like you can wave hi shake hand it was great congratulations and then you move on versus in the receiving line it's just like a shuffle you know and i don't know just yeah i see i see pros and cons for for both of them yeah definitely pros and cons yeah, yeah. because if you wait till the reception you go around to each table you're kind of on your feet that whole time right you're not and getting to, to me it's dinner. like I'm, I'm there to party yeah. <laughs> so this is one of those things where um as a bride you have to decide what's your style right how do you want it to happen? But but my point was just that, you know, you can't um, people aren't going to adhere to your imagination. Right. They're going to be real and do what real people do. Right. So if you're standing there at the door at the end of the ceremony, expect them to come and hug you. Correct. Yep. And if that's your plan, then it's going to work it's great because that's what they're going to do. Right. Um, OK, this one should be a no brainer. It's the weather. But it is. Isn't a no-brainer. It's not. You've told me stories. I've been trying for a while to kind of figure out where this disconnect is coming from. Um, one thing that I'm wondering is when you tour your venue. So, for example, let's just say, you know, Susie, typical Susie. Um, she gets proposed to at Christmas time and she's super excited and she wants to have you know, a wedding in the fall. So she visits venues all throughout the spring, like early March or whatever, which around this area, you have to plan further in advance than that. But let's say Susie finds somewhere that's open in the fall. 
the fall temperatures are going to be much, much different than the March temperatures. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing. I, I think a lot of people, you know, you've done winery days with your girls mm-hmm. and sometimes they're planned. But I think for a lot of people, sometimes it's like it's Saturday. Oh, my gosh. The weather is gorgeous. We're going to have gorgeous weather. Call up the girls. Let's go to the winery. Mm-hmm. And you get out there and it's just it's fabulous. Well, but if, it, if you had woken up that day and it had been raining, you wouldn't have chosen to go to the winery, you know. So you're taking a situation when you're at the winery and the weather is great and you go, this would be a fabulous place for my wedding. And everyone agrees because the day is going beautifully that day. Right. And then wedding day comes and it's downpouring. And it's really cold. Yeah. Does that facility have a backup plan that you love? And that's the key to not walking away from your wedding feeling shorted or feeling disappointed. Have a backup plan that you also love at whatever venue you choose so that if that weather rolls in, you aren't that disappointed bride. You are going to be able to be just as happy having whatever whatever accommodations needed to be made to keep everybody dry. Um, you know, another thing is we've had um, days where the rain's held off, but it's like really windy and chilly. Let the bridesmaids have some sort of wrap or something um, so that they're not miserable. Uh, you know, I realize that it's your day, but just be a good friend. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, that's personal choice, I guess, but it's just not my personality to be like, it's my day and you're going to stand there in a sleeveless gown and you're going to love it. Like, let them have a wrap. Your photos, how can they be beautiful when they're faking Right, they all have these chilled faces and glazed over eyes because it's windy and tears streaming down their cheeks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, just, you know, pick out some some wraps. If you have a wedding in those tricky times of year where it might be cold or it might be warm. Be prepared. Be prepared. Have a wrap. Have something because you can't can't predict it. Same thing goes on the opposite for the guys. Um, If you're planning a summer wedding, let them have summer weight to their to their suits you know or no jackets like if you're having super formal and they have to have jackets maybe have an indoor wedding like mm-hmm. don't make them stand out in 95 degree weather right in full and then they're dropping suits. like flies because they're all passing out from heat exhaustion yeah or they're just sweaty and they're just <laughs> those gross. make great pictures too right yeah <laughs> it's it, you know so think it over the weather you can't control it um so here's another one the dream of grandeur I think we all want that. It's it's a princess day, right? Well, it is. It is a princess day. And I felt like a princess. Yeah. On that day. And I would hope that most brides do. Yeah, for <clears throat> sure. But I think that the reality is sometimes that, um, and man, I hate to, to be on Pinterest. Like, they're not a good thing. They are. Pinterest is super helpful. But just be realistic. You know, um, if you pin $10,000 floral arrangements, it's going to, you know, your budget's going to affect what you can do. So um, same thing with, uh, I, let's talk about like table settings, China versus disposables. I know a lot of brides face this uh, 
from time to time, depending on their venue. Um, there, there are some gorgeous disposables. There really are. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's what's going to save you money and your budget isn't going to stretch to cover the China rental, then, you know, you got to just got to go with it. I think that um, I think another thing that happens is um, we see photos of venues all decked out. And we book based on that, right? And they've are they put out all of their best stuff, and they they they're showing you their best. Sure, and then your budget doesn't allow for that. That's right. Their best comes at a price tag. Yes. So we're not saying you can't have it. We're saying we don't know your budget. Um, so know your budget before you go in. Um, make sure that you make really wise budget choices. Um, because again, this is one of those things where if the doors swing open and you have a grand ballroom all decked out but you have no photos <laughs> you know like well, i don't know which was did this really happen yeah, yeah i don't have pictures to um, prove it yeah so i i kind of like having a balance um so maybe keep that in mind um i think grandeur is super fun and amazing if you have the money to spend on it um and if that that money you spend isn't going to be cutting out something else that you need equally. Um, Even if that something else isn't wedding related. I know there were a lot of conversations in my house about if you save money on the wedding, it's more money you can use for a a house down payment or a honeymoon or whatever. So just kind of keep in mind that all the pictures that you see or the imagination you have of grandeur um, is definitely going to be tied to your budget, which brings me more into Pinterest. (laughs) Do you use Pinterest? You do. I I do, obviously not for wedding things, but I do for a lot of recipes. Yeah. And some crafts. That's about it. Right. I actually, shocker, don't have a Pinterest board at all. Um, <laughs> I just don't. I, I use the old-fashioned actual bookmark thing. <laughs> wow. But I, I like I like for them to be all in one place. But Yeah, I get, I get the concept. I think I just... Um, Probably if I had more time, there went your pen. I know. If I had more time, maybe I would get deep into Pinterest. Um, But anyway, I think that the dream is that you're going to pin 10,000 things on your wedding board. And and want every single one of them. Every single one It has to happen at my wedding. This one, this one, and the other 998,000. And how many of those things are big statement impact things? And how many of those things are, like, tiny, little, small things, you know, that are adorable? The picture, the Pinterest picture, it's so cute. Right. But what's it going to cost? How much time and money? How much effort? The thing that, um, the thing that is always kind of, like, gut-wrenching to me is when I'm at an event and a bride or a mom is, like, you see it come across their face and they're like, we made 300 little, you know, whatever it is. And we forgot them at home. They're not here. Oops. You know, like, <laughs> and it's like at that point, it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't ruin the day. But it's just like it wasn't essential. You know what I mean? Right. Everything goes It might on. have been girl bonding time, but that's sure. as far as it got. <laughs> right. So just keep keep those pins. I'm not saying don't pin. I think you should pin to your heart's content, but they should be inspiration. Um, they shouldn't be, an ex- you shouldn't necessarily have to have an exact copy of them. Um, same thing with 
things that you um, pin for your vendors to inspire them, let that inspire them and don't expect them to make an exact replica. Right. Um, so we've had photographers tell us stories about um, we have, you know, all these pictures and it they're having a city wedding and they sent us all these Pinterest poses on a farm or vice versa. Like, mm-hmm. so I think that we just get wrapped up in, in the planning and we don't think about it from each different vendor's perspective. So, you know, trust their expertise and let them use those as inspiration and, and don't try to be an exact. Right. I mean, photographers are creative people. So, I mean, they would be able to replicate that best they could or give you a, a different look at it yeah, or something. So I'm going to go out on a limb too here and say like, I'm not a model by any stretch of the imagination. Why, man. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I know. Um, so if you, if I, you know, if I see a, a beautiful picture of a six foot tall, slender, athletic built woman and you know, that like you're describing yourself, <laughs> I wish. Right. Um, I can't get, expect my photographer to necessarily like do that same pose. So, you know, let them do what they know is going to make you look your best. Right. They literally study posing the human body mm-hmm. and different and lighting shapes. on the right yeah, yeah to make to heights. flatter everybody yeah one size does not fit all and when you are modeling for a shoot they are going to choose a man and a woman who are of equal heights equal size like they are looking at all of that to make this picture right but um my husband is way taller than me like we can't do those poses aren't going to look right or they're not going to look the same you know, with us as they are in that person in the picture. So I think um, we just have to keep that in mind that let your photographer pose you in the way that is going to flatter you and you as a couple. Um, And you'll be much happier than if they just basically cut and paste you into a bunch of Pinterest poses. (laughs) Yeah, I don't (laughs) think you'd be happy with that because that just doesn't work. Unless you are a beautiful model. And I, oh, we've had some brides that I'm like, they are models. Just They're gorgeous. models, clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, kudos to you ladies that are model types. <laughs> you guys can go crazy. Pin every pose you want. <laughs> Just don't tell your photographer I said that. All right. And last but not least, <clears throat> it's Murphy's Law. Jeannie, what is Murphy's Law? If it will go wrong no wait if it can go wrong it will go wrong yep see just see just just, just be now. saying that Murphy's Law. <laughs> if it can if it can it will um so I mean here's the dream the dream is you go to sleep the night before your wedding and you're like okay I've planned I've prepped I've scheduled I've listened to the podcasts <laughs> I've read all of the articles I've met with my event it's all done it's all, all the I's are dotted all the T's are crossed here's the reality Something's going to go wrong. Oh, absolutely. Something and sometimes some things. Yeah. Yep. I had several things like that. Yeah. For mine. Like I said before, the guy, you know, my my officiant wrecked total his car on the way to the the venue, to the church. And during the ceremony, well, well, wait, before that, uh, my brothers forgot to pull the aisle runner out for me because I was the only one that was going to be using this linen aisle runner. That happens a lot, actually. And really, does it? Yes. It and uh, um, so then we ended up using it as a kneeler. 
um, and then we had um, the custodians, Rottweiler, show up in the middle of um, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah, he just trotted around. Yeah, you were there. So, yeah. Things happen. Yeah, things happen. And I heard people stirring while I was kneeling. You're like, what is While I was kneeling on the, <laughs> on the aisle runner. And, uh, yeah, I didn't know what would happen. But then my brother, not, you know, not the guy you're married to, but one of my older brothers, as I walked up the aisle, he goes, I know, we forgot to pull your aisle runner out. He goes, but I saved your life because he's the one that shooed the dog oh, out. the dog. <laughs> so it will go wrong. There will be something There'll that be goes something. wrong. Just let it fly. I think that, so my personality is definitely a let it go personality. And um, I never really realized that there were, when I was young, I never really realized that there were people who were not let it go mm-hmm. types. And at my wedding, the... Um, the church coordinator was the pastor's wife. She comes to me after like the first couple of bridesmaids had gone down and she says, not all of the candles are lit. They wouldn't light. Not all of them would light. We don't know why. Like she was more panicked than I was. And I mean, I could see on her face that she was just very anxious about what my response would be. And my response was, so, (laughs) you know, I mean, what are we going to do about it now? The wedding has already started. It doesn't matter. Like, it just at that moment it didn't matter and but it the look on her face conveyed to me that she had been in this position before where people had been very upset right and so the sad thing to me about that i'm sad for her because i imagine she'd been yelled at quite a few times <laughs> but the sad thing for me is if that had if i had been the other type of person that got upset that's not the memory I want for my wedding is to Mm-mm. be upset. And no. I don't want any bride to have a, a memory of anything going wrong. And so if you just kind of psychologically say, okay, I don't know what the thing is going to be, but I know it's going to be something. So when I'm, when they come to me and they tell me, I'm really just going to have to say, okay. Right. It's, it is it's something to laugh about later. It truly is. Yeah. It is what it is. You just have to let it go. And it will, it, it's going to get taken care of one right. way or the other. Someone's yep. going to take care of it the best they can. And if it doesn't, doesn't matter. The outcome is still the same. You are still going to be happily married. It's it's about being together. It's about the marriage. Keep that as your focus. You know, if you're a person that meditates or if you need to count back from 10 or whatever, <laughs> just focus on marriage. I'm getting married. The, the candles don't matter. Um, you know, we do need an officiant, but if he has muddy shoes, he can right. still marry us. That's like, right. You just have it. to breathe and you have to get through it and, and right. just expect something to go wrong. And yes. I have to tell you, I have had um, some brides this year who have been super champs about this. I mean, there were even a couple of curveballs that came at some of our events this year where I was even like, oh, maybe we don't want to tell her that, like, (laughs) you know, and they just, they let it roll and they enjoyed their day. And that to me is the the best feeling when you see a couple just like, oh, all right, whatever. We're still here. We're still a couple. We're happy. And that memory is of happiness. And that's the goal. That should be the goal for you, for all your vendors, for everyone around you is to just see, be happy. Um, so yeah, I think that this is a step in that direction for me, um, is accepting reality before it hits, 
just kind of keeps it from being like a huge letdown. That's actually a very good, it's a very good phrase. It's a very good thought. It's a very good thing to do. Yes. So that's kind of what this episode was about. Just, you know, giving you some insight into some real life things that can happen. Um, I'm sure there's more, you know, so if you all have questions or comments, you can leave those for us and who knows, maybe there's a whole nother list of reality things that you don't even know about right now, but um, we'd love to hear from you. So this has been the Wedding Story Podcast. See you again soon. Bye.